Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. Let's start today's episode off talking about the Blackhawks, who defeated the Canadians last night 3-2 in overtime. Uh, Hawks in this one played a really strong defensive game in the first period. I think the Canadians were held off the shot list until about 10-15 minutes into the game. Uh, Calvin Hahn with a couple nice defensive plays on some two-on-ones early in the first period. So Hawks played some nice defense in that first. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury finished this game with 27 uh, with 27 saves on 29 shots so nice game from him as well Hawks now improved to 14 18 and 5 on the year this is now their third straight win Canadians now fall to 7 24 and 5 Canadians have now lost five in a row they are a season that was bad for them keeps getting worse here uh goals in this one scored by Dominic Kubelik he gets the first one in the first period Patrick Kane with the second in the third period and then Philip Kershev with the overtime winner it was a weird play for Philip Kershev he gets a breakaway um on the Canadians goalie and he ends up getting knocked into the back of the net or knocked into the net by Mike Hoffman, who was back checking. And it normally would not have been a goal since he the net was completely knocked off and no, the, the net was basically in the corner, um, but it ended up being called the goal since Hoffman hit hit um, hit a Kubelik, not Kubelik, Philip Kershev into the net and ended up sliding the puck across the across the goal line and it ended up being called the goal. So the Hawks got the win off that. So that was a nice win there. I guess you'll take that win. Uh, but Eddie Olchek was talking before the game a little bit. No, Philip Kershev's definitely going to start getting these chances more. He is still pretty young. Um, no, even though he spent, no, he had a tough start to his year. Spent some time in Rockford he's still 22 years old he's still very young he's still definitely uh, developing as an offensive player so I still think he has a uh, has a lot to go here and he's gonna start getting these chances he's gonna start getting these goals uh, as the year goes on here we saw Lucas Reichel as well. Uh, we saw him centering the first line of Hagel and Kane, which is a huge milestone for a kid playing in his first career game. He played pretty good. We saw some uh, some good moments in the uh, in the offensive zone. We saw him make a couple nice passes. We saw him just overall, though, um, not really do a whole lot. But I think we'll definitely start seeing him uh, improve his uh, improve his game as we go on here. He had three shots on goal in this one. So uh, Hawks with a nice victory. Patrick Kane ending his scoreless streak at 13. Uh, so nice victory for the Hawks uh, as they look to uh, to move to Anaheim, who they will be going against tomorrow at 7 o'clock at the United Center. Anaheim having a surprisingly good season. Uh, you know, a team that was coming into this season as a rebuilding team with a lot of young talent. Now sits in second place in the Pacific Division with a 19-13-7 record. Uh, it's mainly, you know, a lot of it thanks to due to the Oilers who have fallen off a little bit. But he's been, no, this team's been having a really good season led by guys like Troy Terry and Trevor Zegras. Uh, they've been having a really nice season. So uh, things keep going well for them. I definitely expect them to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. But that's going to be the first time the Hawks and Ducks are going to go against each other this season. And now let's turn to the Bulls, who will be taking on the Golden State Warriors tonight at 6.30 at the United Center. Both teams coming into this one as the top teams in their conference. Uh, Warriors currently sitting, or actually no, they're currently sitting in second place now. Uh, Warriors sitting at 30 and 11. Suns are now sitting at 39, at 31 and 9. Uh, Bulls still sitting in first place in the Eastern Conference, but that lead is getting close. Heat now 26 and 15, so are the Nets. Uh, Bulls currently sitting at 27 and 12 on the year. So it's going to be a game of a lot of offense. Both these teams have, uh, no, have the offensive 
firepower. Uh, I know Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Uh, the Warriors currently putting up the second most, or actually uh, one of the best winning percentages, the second best winning percentage in the NBA, currently averaging 109 points per game. They're a great rebounding team. They put up a lot of rebounds, um, currently averaging 46.2 rebounds per game, led by Draymond Green, who's averaging 7.6. However, Draymond Green is expected to be out in this one due to a calf injury, and then young center James Wiseman has been out all year. Um, but that's definitely going to help out the Bulls here. Um, you know, Nikola Vucevic has had those struggles where he has been out-rebounded or out-boarded at times. Um, but I think it's really just going to come down to whoever plays better defense. I said that uh, before the Nets game. And the Nets played better defense in that game than the Bulls did. They just overall looked a lot better on the defensive end. Um, so I feel like that's going to be sort of the same thing here. Uh, we did get some news on Alex Caruso. He is expected to possibly be back Wednesday uh, for the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, no, so Caruso, who's been on the COVID list, also was dealing with a foot injury before the year uh, before the um, before he went on the COVID list. Uh, is unlikely to return till Wednesday. So. He will miss the game against the Golden State Warriors tonight. Then he'll miss the game against Boston. Then he'll miss the game against Memphis. Um, so we need him back. The Bulls desperately need him back, especially with all the injuries they've been going through. Um, they're going to need a guy like that back. So if they're able to get him back sooner, uh, it's going to be great for them. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good game between the Bulls and the Warriors tonight. I definitely think this will be a, uh, a very fun matchup. Last time these two teams played, uh, Golden State Warriors won, I want to say 119 to 93 was the final score in on that one. Let me pull it up. Um, it was 119 to 93. Yeah. Uh, so the Bulls, no, they didn't play a great game, but the Warriors just, they were dominant. Steph Curry with 40 and the rest of the team just sort of did their job. So uh, this is going to be a huge game for the Bulls tonight. I think it's going to really... Uh, solidify them as a championship contender if they are to win this game over Golden State tonight. And now let's turn to the Bears and uh, let's talk about some players that the Bears should cut ties with uh, this offseason once a new GM is hired. Um, and some guys who just simply don't live up to that their name anymore with the Bears. First guy being Eddie Goldman. Uh, Eddie Goldman was a you no know, pretty big part of that 2018 defense. And they didn't you no know, he didn't play in 2020 due to his COVID concerns. But this season has been a disappointing year for him. Um, no, it's definitely been a it's definitely been a uh, a a upsetting year for Eddie Goldman. Uh, he's had some injury issues. Um, He's had issues with just simply getting on the field. Uh, I know he's had a whole lot of issues this year. Uh, he is still under contract, but it would make a lot of sense for the Bears just to cut ties with him and try to replace him with somebody else because it's just not working here anymore. It seems like there just is a a a, uh, a loose end or uh, or uh, just a split between these uh, the organization and Eddie Goldman's team because it just doesn't seem like he's getting on the field as much as he should be. Maybe Sean Desai just simply um, isn't okay with the way he's been playing. Something like that. I don't know, but I think it's definitely going to be smart if they were to cut Eddie Goldman. Next player uh, being Tariq Cohen. And Tariq Cohen uh, tore his ACL in 2020 and unfortunately never even saw the field in 2021. Uh, he saw a three-year contract extension worth $17.25 million in 2020. But I just don't really see him ever coming back with the Bears. I mean, they have their running backs. Um, no, Dave Montgomery is a strong, a strong running back. I think he's somebody who we're going to see take a jump into being possibly a top 
a, a, a top running back in the NFL soon. Uh, and then we'll definitely, you know, we have Khalil Herbert, who's proven that he can be a strong option as well uh, as a backup running back. So, uh, you know, the running back position is very easy to find. Like, you know, perfect example being Khalil Herbert. You found him sixth round and he ended up becoming one of the best running backs in the NFL for like three weeks when Dave Montgomery was hurt. So the running back position is easy to find. I think you're going to find another guy like Tariq Cohen. It sucks because he's a talented running back. I mean, he's a good, he's good on special teams as well. Unfortunately, that injury has just absolutely killed him. There's just no chance for him to really, to really get back onto the field, I'd say. Uh, and then another guy that he, the Bears should be cutting is Nick Foles. This one's complicated because he is on a uh, on a big contract. He's scheduled to make $10.6 million this season. Uh, and that's pretty high for a third-string quarterback, but he'll be the backup this year. But uh, for a third-string quarterback, that's a lot of money. Uh, and it just wouldn't make sense to really keep him around. When he plays, I mean, he's really not that great of a quarterback. That game against Seattle, we didn't really see anything particularly amazing out of him, despite, despite the... Uh, the no late second touchdown to Jimmy Graham and then the two-point conversion by Demir Bird which was basically Demir Bird's catch um you know we haven't really seen too much special out of him I think it's just time to cut ties with Nick Foles now this was Ryan Pace's guy uh when they traded for him in 2020 he didn't really want Nick Foles he just sort of had him there and uh, I just think it would make a lot of sense since Ryan Pace is no longer there just to you know, let him go, just simply let him go elsewhere uh, and be a backup somewhere else. <clears throat> and uh, now let's turn to some more Bears news. Let's actually talk about Jim Harbaugh, uh, who today announced that he was hiring a new defensive line coach uh, at the University of Michigan. The Notre Dame defensive line coach, Mike Elston, uh, is now expected to become the D-line coach at Michigan. So this is a weird move here as uh, only a few days into the Bears coaching search, we're already seeing a possible candidate taken off the list here as Jim Harbaugh. Um, no, a hiring like this, I think it's definitely a bad sign for Bears fans who want Jim Harbaugh in Chicago that he's going out here and he's bringing in some new, he's bringing in some new staff. It's sort of a bad sign there, I'd say. Um, and because, you know, you don't really make a move like this when you, you know when you need or when you're uh, going to leave for a new job. Personally, I believe this whole Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL thing is just a way for him to get a bigger contract from Michigan. I think that might be just what we're looking at right now. Um, but he's tricked a lot of people, if that's the case, because he's tricked me as well in thinking that he's legitimately, legitimately coming back to the NFL. But uh, a move like this just seems sort of weird, just seems out of character for a guy who's potentially going to be leaving for a bigger job. Just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I feel like it's just, it's a weird one to make. Uh, That's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in and I will see you all tomorrow.